Oh, I, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to go. Right? <laughs> hey there, I'm Michelle and I'm from the Unfinished Bookshelf. And I'm Caitlin and I blog at Just a Bookish Babe. And today we're back with another exciting trivia game, which is probably really boring for everyone else, but we're having fun. So we are doing a quiz today, which I found, um, it's called Sporkle. I don't know. It's weird. Anyway, novels by opening lines quiz by someone called Derek. Thanks, Derek. Thanks, Derek. Let's get into it. Can you name these famous novels from their opening lines? Right. I think we should just go back and forth. Um, and then you meant to write it in here. So that's easy. I thought they weren't going to give you the author. Okay, I'm not going to give you the author for this. Okay. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Isn't that spelled two cities? I'm pretty sure it is. I'm going to write it in and see. Because you, you have to write it in. What's it doing? Okay, we should have tested this before we... <laughs> Can I... Oh, wait. Play quiz. Oh, there you go. Okay. Okay. That's right. We've already got the first one. What's this? No, I'm not doing that. Oh, okay. wait. No, that's just... Okay, we're gonna we're gonna you just. The wrong thing. I clicked the wrong thing because it was freezing and cut, 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 cut. Stephen, edit that out. <laughs> Play quiz. Okay. What's, what's what am I meant to be doing there? What? I'm so confused. Okay, it was the best of times. Was was the worst of times. A tale of two, two cities. cities. Done. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Next one. All children except one grow up. Peter Pan. Yeah, that's really easy. I'm hoping we get harder. That's spelled Peter Pan, right? right <laughs> get it right. Peter Pan. Correct. Oh, the Adventures of Peter Pan. Sorry, Jane. Or whatever. It was a pleasure to burn. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe give Does me the it help? Offer. Yeah, Ray Bradbury. It's Fahrenheit 451, I think. Oh, okay. I feel dumb. I don't know how to spell Fahrenheit. Yeah, that's because we're Australian. <laughs> Fahrenheit. Maybe, I hope it takes my spelling. I wonder if it does. I don't think I'm spelling it right. Fahrenheit. <laughs> I love that. We don't know how to spell Fahrenheit because we don't use Fahrenheit. Done. No, it's not letting me accept it. Can't it just be wrong? No, it makes you do Fahrenheit. it. Can you just look it up on your phone? <laughs> Because I can't look, I can't get out of this quiz. Yeah, I'll ask Siri. You ready? Fahrenheit. There you go. Here's the weather today. Oh, what's that H in there? God, America, just go on to Selsenheim. Celsius. Celsenheim. Yeah. Uh, so Siri is telling me that the weather is currently 71 degrees. If we have any American. Oh, correct. Done. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> okay, cool. Next one, my turn. <laughs> I already, no, you have to go. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. I'll have oh. to try and not look at the end. So Moby no, Ishmael. Moby Dick, is it? Mm. Yeah. I think so. It's correcting, yeah, autocorrecting the other. <laughs> anyway, okay, next one. I didn't look. Okay. It was a bright, cold day in April and the clocks were striking 13. Striking 13? Yeah. So it's a witching hour, but I don't... I've actually read this book. Oh, have you? It was a Shake and Stir production that I went to see. Oh, Wuthering Heights. No. What? <laughs> Why wasn't it no? I don't have to let you know. 1984 by oh. George Orwell. Yes, no, I no, should no, have given no. you the author. No, Sorry. No, I don't use those. Sorry. I was just like, 
Twilight Heights is supposed to be like creepy and gothic and stuff, right? But not like is the witching hour. Yeah, but thirteen isn't it? Like the clock can't strike thirteen. It's like a thing, though. I know. Like they say the clock strikes thirteen anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you better never. You better not tell. Hang on. You better not never tell nobody but God. Who's the author? Alice Walker. Oh, would it be the color purple? Yeah, because that's one of my notes. Yeah. So, we're not good at lines. We just know authors. Also, you can tell we haven't read many classic books. Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, guess what? It's not going through because I'm spelling color the Australian the, way. The correct way, you mean. Sorry, Australian, uh, sorry, American listeners. But not so long ago, a monster came to the small town of Castle Rock, Maine. I feel like I should know what that is. Castle Rock, Maine. I totally do, but. I, I don't. Who writes a lot of books set in Maine? I don't know. I'm so Stephen bad Stephen King? Classics. Do you want to guess? I've never read anything by Stephen King or seen anything. I wonder Stephen. if it's it. No, 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 because not that's not, no, no, that's not Castle Rock. I just saw the movie and I remember mm. it's not. It's like something else. Someone's, some, people are screaming at us on the other side. Can, yeah. They're just screaming at us. I can feel it. Um, I'm, I'm dumb. I'm Stephen sorry. King. Um, the only other Stephen King book like Carrie it's not that Cujo maybe it's Cujo mm-hmm. oh it's Cujo oh, and you know Cujo. the only reason I know Cujo Catherine Kim oh Catherine Kim oh yeah <laughs> no what he reads in Catherine uh, what he reads in Friends is it isn't it or is no, it The Shining oh then watch Cujo I think okay. yeah but no it's The Shining where Rachel reads The Shining and Joey reads Little Women <laughs> so cute into the book in the freezer um can you link uh Kathleen Kim. Yeah. Actually, you know what is on TV right now? Kathleen Kim. The Kathleen Kim code. Oh, God, I oh, love that. Okay. Let me put these chicken thoughts in. I know. Oh, these, dances, these are a bit rubbery. Oh. That's the best bit. Sorry. And she's, like, obsessed with they him. Cook the wrong chicken yeah, yeah. Oh, these fillets are a little bit uh, rubbery. Oh, they're not chicken fillets. They're my fillets. Oh, my God. Sorry. Barry oh. Humphreys, though, as the monk. <laughs> oh, shoot, I think I did something and now it's like filled oh, with the no. rest of the answers, but as if we got it wrong. Shit. Oh, wait, wait, let's just. Oh, no, then we'd have to redo them all. Shit. All right, hang on. You didn't see any of the real answers. I'm no, okay, Chris me. All right, all right. Okay. He was an old man who fished alone in a skiff. In, in Is the it the old man in the sea? Yeah. Through the fence between the curling flower spaces, I could see them hitting. Who's the author? I don't know that William one. Faulkner. Oh, I don't know. The sound of the fury. Oh, I've never okay. heard of that. One, two, four was spiteful. I have no idea. Beloved by Toni Morrison. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. Okay. Go for the classics. No, I'm, gonna... I'm just going to skip that one. Okay. It is a truth universal. Oh, pride and prejudice. That a single man in possession of good fortune must be in want of a wife. Classic. Okay. All happy families are alike. Each unhappy family is unhappy in its own way. Oh my gosh, I know this one. Um, who's the author? Leo Tolstoy. Oh, it's Anna Karenina? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If you want to hear about it, the first thing you'll probably want to know is where I was born and what my lousy childhood was like. Who's the author? J.D. Salmon. 
Oh, um. Oh, The Catcher in the yeah. Rye. <gasps> Fun fact, just to go with that Beatles trivia last week, The Catcher in the Rye is the book that John Lennon's killer was reading when he decided that he wanted to go kill a celebrity and it just so happened that he used to be obsessed with the Beatles and then he'd kind of gotten over that. He had a lot of issues and then he became obsessed with The Catcher in the Rye and wanted to kill all the hypocrites or whatever it is that mm, um, Holden does in that book. Not He doesn't kill anyone but he wanted to like do something and he happened to be in the library and he pulled out a book and John Lennon was on the cover and that's how he decided he was going to kill John. That is so weird. I know, it's crazy. <laughs> and it kind of puts me off reading that book. Mm, strange. Okay, anyway, sorry about that. <laughs> okay. In my younger and more vulnerable days, my father gave me some advice that I've been turning over in my head ever since. Oh, this sounds familiar. Mm. Who's the author? Scott Fitzgerald. Oh, great Gatsby. (laughs) And last one on this list, Mr. and Mrs. Dursley of number four Privet Drive were proud to say that they were perfectly normal. Thank Thank you very very much. much. Hmm. I don't know. I have absolutely no idea what that is. Hmm. What could it be? (laughs) Exactly. Oh, that was fun. Okay. Well, you know, that was quite fitting too, because we're about to have on um, a book blogger, booktuber, awesome bookish person who is known for her love of classics. Yep. So uh, stick around because we're going to chat to Lucy from Lucy the Reader on YouTube. Or the Queen of Contemporary, which is or just not yeah. really known for being the Queen of Contemporary anymore, is she? I don't think so. She's the Queen of Classics now. Yeah. So welcome to the young Queen of Classics, Lucy. Hey. <laughs> I guess this week puts many readers to shame, having started a blog, YouTube channel, and popular weekly Twitter chat as a teenager. In fact, she's still a teenager and is also working on her young adult manuscript. She recently appeared in The Times um, in a special on new book influences and is well known on social media for her immense love of classics, especially the Bronte sisters. Welcome to Better Words, Lucy Powery. Hi. Hi. (laughs) Coming to us from the UK as well. Exactly. You're our first international guest. Oh, that's so exciting. I'm such a big fan of your podcast and of your book, Michelle. It's so nice to be a guest. Oh, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. Uh, right. oh, that yeah. just, we both just like looked at each other and we're like, oh, yes. thank you so much. Yes. <laughs> um, so I think the best place to start is really just where it all began because you were quite young when you started blogging and stuff. Yeah, I was 12 when I started. Oh, my God. <laughs> Why would you write something like that? But it's been quite an exciting journey and I wouldn't change it now. 
Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. Caitlin, doesn't that make you feel so old, though? It really does. Well, I was starting – I also started my blog in 2012, but I was in my first year at university, so I feel really old now. (laughs) And, Caitlin, were you – finishing school or like in, in, two, your, in 2012 your... I was in 11th grade but um I only started my blog at the start of this year aged 20 <laughs> so so yeah you kind of um Lucy I just I look at you and I like the way that you talk about books now and stuff and I know when I first started doing the chat I was like I cannot believe this girl is only like I think you were probably like 15 at that stage and I just yeah. was like amazed um, because you're so well read and so articulate in your thoughts. So that I was just like, Oh my goodness. I wish I'd been that articulate when I was 15. I would, but I would hate to read anything I wrote when I was 12 now. So I can definitely get the, the cringiness. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was going to ask that, like, is it something your friends were doing or did you just go off and kind of do it by yourself? Uh, I didn't know anyone when I started. So if my friends just, when I was at school, they, it was kind of a bit of a joke. I suppose nobody really, I don't know if they took me seriously. A lot of people got quite jealous. So it's also something that I've done on my own that I found friends within the community. So, mm. I mean, it was really hard actually being young and having people around you at the same age just not really understanding it. But I suppose none of them were doing anything similar. Or they weren't really interested in anything like that. And so we didn't really understand it. So it took finding like-minded people within the community to actually kind of get what I was doing um, and back then there wasn't really a lot of people blogging and it wasn't really anything serious if they were it was just something of a hobby there weren't really any publishers interested or anything like that so it's really I've watched the community grow really so it has changed a lot even since I began mm, yeah I mean especially even in the past like two or three years since I've known you Michelle like yeah. um because we've been friends for a little while but even since then, hearing about your experience with your blog, mm. like the industry and this community has changed a lot, even in the past couple of years. So I imagine six years ago, it was completely different. Yeah. Um, and yeah, is it, that... It has changed. <laughs> <Sorry>. Yeah. No, <laughs> it, and it's... Still changing as well. Of course it's still changing. Mm. It's, it'll be changing all the time. I think it's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Is that kind of what motivated you to start UKYA Chat to kind of find like-minded people? Um, I don't don't even know why I started it, to be honest. (laughs) I can't think back that far and think, oh, there's one reason why I started it. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, I did a week or a fortnight on my blog of UKYA themed posts because UKYA was a thing, but it was a very, very small thing. Mm -hmm. And so I did this fortnight of posts, and at the end of that fortnight I did – UKYA chat and the reception to it immediately was just something that I thought oh well people are really interested in this it was obviously very small then maybe mm. about 30 people I think joined in then which obviously a lot and there was nothing else like it in the book community at that time in the UK anyway so I can't think why I started it but <laughs> I haven't looked back since yeah no. well that's amazing yeah and like I mean I've met um, well, I met you through that, but then I've met a bunch of other people as well through that chat. And um, it's it's just really, it is really cool to be able to chat with people who not only like books, but like the same kind of books as yeah. you. That's, um, yeah, it, it's, I think it's nice because it's not just me, it's mm. so many other people that have found friends through it. So whilst at first I might have been doing it just for me, now it's something that's so much bigger than me. And... Mm. It's quite scary to 
think from my perspective that something so small, just one idea, could turn into something that is such a big part of my life now. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, I think, I think pretty much every book blogger probably feels like that. Like, I mean, when I was twelve, I never would have thought of starting a blog, probably because <laughs> it wasn't a thing. It's but still um, a thing. I. You know, I mean, when I was 12, I was reading and everything, but it never occurred, it never would have occurred I think to when me. when I was 12, I was playing Neopets. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did, like, the Neopets sort of stuff when I was about, like, eight or nine. Um, yeah, because I grew up, I suppose I grew up in quite a weird time for the internet when social media was just becoming a big thing. Yeah. So in 2012, like, Twitter was getting big then, and YouTube wasn't really a thing then. I mean, I started YouTubing at the end of 2013, maybe? Yeah. yeah. And that was when it was still quite small. So mm. Yeah, exactly. Growing up yeah, in this social media the era. Me. Yeah. It's really interesting. I know even um, my younger brother and a few of his friends that I know, I will be sort of there and they're all there and they just Snapchat all the time and none of them even have Facebook. And I'm like, how do you even talk to your friends if you don't have Facebook? Like me talking to my younger brother. And he's like, well, we just direct message on Instagram and Snapchat each other. And I'm like, those things didn't even exist when I was your age. Exactly. Yeah, it's so It's weird. so different now. Yeah. And it's yeah, changed and so quickly. I think it's hard from my perspective to try and keep up with all the changes. Mm-hmm. Because the way I kind of view it is that my blog is my hobby. I do it for fun. But there is also some kind of business Snapchat to like message you or like specific people but then like I put things up on Instagram that I know people on Snapchat aren't going to care about and I basically don't use Snapchat stories at all anymore yeah it's amazing actually exactly yeah Yeah. I mean the people over at Snapchat aren't too happy about that but Mark Zuckerberg sure is yeah um Lucy though does it ever get um does it ever get stressful or is there a pressure that comes with like, it's great that you've built this UKYA chat, but is there a pressure that comes with keeping that going when you've got, like, studying for exams and all that sort of and stuff? Life. And Yeah, mm-hmm. life in general. I mean, like, we know it's really tough. Um, how do you go when you're studying at school and stuff and, and you've got kind of a, a bit of pressure because you've got this cool community? I, I do feel a lot of pressure
other people and it's hard to keep up with that and to know what people want and to do what I want as well. Um, so at the moment, my YouTube channel is going crazy for classics, mm. which is not something that I ever intended and not something that I ever saw coming. Yeah. I was talking about YA for years and suddenly I talk about a few classics and every single Goodreads comment and most of the comments I get are like, I love when you talk about classics. Yeah. I just love it so much. And I'm thinking, but it was never intentional. Uh-huh. <laughs> I never intended that. So it's a lot of pressure to keep up with that. Um, yeah, it, it's a weird work-life balance. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 sometimes. Yeah, and it's really strange. I mean, we deal with that because obviously we both work full time. You know, we're not. We've passed high school and uni. Mm. But, oh, um, but I'm back at uni as yeah, well. Exactly. So. so Michelle is studying her masters, and we both work full time, and we both have our separate blogs, and then we and also then we are this. doing this podcast <laughs> together, and it's. There's a lot and of And Caitlin's balance. in a musical. Oh, and I'm in a tap group. <laughs> there's a lot of juggling going on, but I mean, you know, when you enjoy it, mm. it works out. It does. Yeah, and this is worth it. Yeah, it is worth it. I, I wouldn't do it if I didn't enjoy it. Mm. I mean, at the start of this year, I told myself, I'll just give myself one more year, just see how things go, and then I'll reevaluate if I want to keep going at the end of the year. And then this year being the craziest time, so... <laughs> Uh, it's just been non-stop this year with so many exciting things. I've already started to plan for next year's stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it hasn't worked out that I, I'm not going to give up at the end of the year. And I I, I wasn't going to give up, but I told myself that I would give myself a year to decide what I wanted. Yeah, and, sort and of where to go from here. Yeah, everything swept me up this year. And I'm already starting to think about next year. So <laughs> it hasn't worked out. <laughs> Oh, well, that's all right. <laughs> um, how do you feel about seeing the changes that have happened in the publishing industry that we were discussing a little bit earlier, especially around the UK YA label? And, like, now even we have our own Love Oz YA um, thing, which I think is it's cool to see these organic hashtags growing into real communities. Yeah, I love, love, what, I love, love Oz YA. Um, mm. and, and I guess we'll see where it goes. 
Yeah. I mean, I definitely don't think that publishers and events and all these sorts of things are taking advantage of book bloggers especially because do you know how quickly I would jump on a plane to Melbourne if I was invited to, like, do something? You know? Would they be like, paying yeah. for our flights because they're expensive? I would go. <laughs> like, I don't care. Like, we want, you know, like, we want to be doing all of these things and, yeah. you know, there's only so much that we can do from our end, I think. I feel especially I, – I especially feel that way because we live in a regional area. Yeah. I feel like we would 100% be doing more if we were in Melbourne or Sydney. Yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah. Because it's easier. Um, but what you were in the Times for is, like like you said before, like a bit of a classics, um, classics recommendations and stuff, which is really cool. And it's just super cool that you were in the Times. How did you feel yeah. about that? <laughs> I haven't fully digested it yet. And, um, they, they came out on the Monday and had like a photo shoot when my hair and makeup was done. And then on the Friday it went in. So I didn't really have time to think about what I felt about it. And I'm still trying to, I'm still trying to think about it all and just think about how I feel because it's been a crazy few weeks. I haven't mm. stopped in that time. So I've had, even so much on to do with that and then afterwards and yeah it's very overwhelming Mm. it's obviously an amazing thing to do but afterwards I do feel quite overwhelmed by it because it wasn't expected it was you know first shoot on the Monday in on the Friday and then you know the aftermath of it with people reading it and everything like that I I haven't had time to fully digest it yet yeah 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 well I mean, Michelle certainly understands that. She's a journalist. Yeah, so. <laughs> I, I mean, to be quite honest, Monday to Friday turnaround is quite is quite long for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's usually like um, in one day and it's in the paper the next. Um, yeah. Except I did do a really cool story. I finally wrote it today. Um, obviously, by the time we air this, it will be out. But I did a really awesome story today about letterpress printing, um, oh, which is all like the traditional, like, that's how books were printed for like hundreds of years um and we have this local guy in rocky who has this 130 year old proper like press um and he did these really cool modern posters but with all the old methods yeah they look so pretty they look really cool yeah they're so cool and like it's just it's so cool that like for every colour that goes on, it will be another printing and then he'll have to wait like three to four days for it to dry and then he puts like another colour on. And it just – it's something so romantic about yeah. that old way of doing things. Anyway, I'm going off on a it's tangent so beautiful. here. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you think it says about book, book blogging and booktube that the mainstream media like The Times has, has taken it on board and has done a bit of a feature on it? I think it's great. And, I mean, that was – first thing I saw when they approached me was that it's really nice whether I was featured or not that booktube is getting that platform um, and mm. in turn bloggers because I suppose both of our communities work alongside each other mm, and yeah, so it's definitely. really nice to be recognised I, I mean I'm very fortunate that I have been recognised before um, partly I think because of my age I think a lot of people take advantage of that um, but I've done the festivals in the UK I've done a lot of things and and I'm, and so I have been lucky to get those opportunities, but it's not something that everybody gets. Um, mm. And so I'm very lucky from my position that I've been able to do that. And so, I mean, I think it's great. And I think that there are, there's still a lot that we can offer 
offer. Um, so I, I want to work with publishers on YouTube because I don't think they use it enough. I want to mm. work with libraries because I think that's another good thing to do. And there yeah. are so many areas we've got expertise in because we do everything from the writing articles, the marketing. Um, from my perspective, I do blogging, videos, video editing. You do the podcast. So there's so many areas that we are good at. Um, and I think in terms of the experience we have, it's, it's really good from that side of things. Mm. Yeah. Actually, sort of on that, like how you're saying we do everything, obviously um, Michelle's a journalist, we just said this. I actually... I'm a social media and a marketing officer. So we both studied like communications and marketing and journalism and work in these areas. Um, you are obviously still in school, but are you looking to go into any of these areas professionally? Um, I, I don't really know what I want to do. I, <laughs> I, the last few years have just, like, since I started my blog, they've been so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I've never really had so I wanted to work in publishing, but now I feel like I know all the publishing horror stories. <laughs> <laughs> um, so once that would be great. A lot of the publishing jobs in the UK are in London, and that's not something that I want to do. Mm. I don't want to live there. I have no interest in living there. So that side of it's kind of cut off. Unless I want to live there. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't. I don't really know. I mean, I've just finished writing my first book, so I don't know where that will take me. I, I don't know at the moment. I, I feel like I've got a few years to decide. So, the next and then after that, I think I'll decide what I want to do. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. <laughs> That's all right. I feel like, I, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if you went on to study, like, classics and stuff yeah. at university. Yeah, this real fancy literature degree. <laughs> I just feel like you've, you've probably already read all the course material. <laughs> I'm not actually that wide read. So, like, I, I look at my bookcase and I think, oh, my God, I haven't read all these books. <laughs> That's the story of our lives. Most relatable thing. Yeah. Yeah, it is a most relatable thing. My TBR is ridiculous. Yeah. But I feel like there's something so intimidating about classics. And, like, we recorded an episode or part of an episode that will – okay, I'm going to start this again because I just realised this. we're not playing this one until, like, October when I'm away. Um, So – a few episodes ago, I was saying that I had started a book and I I don't I can't remember if I said which book it was. You did. Oh I did. <laughs> it was Persuasion by Jane Austen. And I said I didn't want to say it and I hadn't put it on Goodreads because I didn't want to jinx myself because I feel like I always start these books and then I get a bit into it and then something happens and like in this case, um, we had a book that we had to read before an interview. So like obviously I prioritized that and then I feel like I just never pick it up again. And I really want to, though, because your love of classics, like, inspires me yeah. to want to read them. And um, see, the problem I think is, I mean, I struggle to read them sometimes too, but I always enjoy them. And there mm. are these classic stories that we do know. So this is probably a really good question, actually. What classics would you recommend that are, you know, probably a bit easier to read or, like, good ones to start with if you're not, you know, very good at reading classics? I mean, I got intimidated by them as well, so I put books down all the time and then start them again. It took me about six months to read Jane Eyre, and that wasn't non-stop. I put it, I read the half of it, and then I, I, fin- I stopped reading it for about five months and then read the other half. So, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with doing that. It's something I do a lot, and I also do the same thing. I don't uh, put what I'm reading on Goodreads, just in case I don't want to jinx it ever. It's <laughs> the book. 
adaptations of it. Mm-hmm. So you can watch the film adaptation if you're not understanding the story and, and you can see it on screen and then pick up the screen again and you know what you're following. Yeah, it's a little bit um, easier to understand. Crowd by Thomas oh. Hardy. I love that book. I really need to read it because I bought the DVD because it was like in a two for $40 deal or whatever. So I was like, I'll grab it because my mum says this book is the best. Um, so I've got the movie, but I refuse to watch it until I've read the book. So yeah. maybe yeah, maybe my book. trip to the UK is a chance for me to like sit on yeah, the plane and force myself great. to read. <laughs> yeah, I love that book and the film is amazing. It was actually on TV in the UK a while back. And like my whole family sat down to watch it, and I just think it's amazing because you've got. I love books, and especially classics with really. I don't want to use the phrase, but strong female characters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think um, Asha Everdeen and Far From Adam Carl is interesting because she makes a lot of mistakes. She does the long. She does wrong things all the time, and that's what makes her so strong. Is mm. that she has such a big personality. Um. So while she's not physically strong all the time, that's what makes her interesting. So I like that kind of. Dilemma, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's really good. I actually just real- remembered while we were talking about this mm. how you both said that you don't like putting books on Goodreads because then they're kind of jinxed or whatever yeah. if you're not going to finish them. Um, All the Light We Cannot See has been half read on my Goodreads currently reading since November last year. Oh my goodness, I think I've had Pillars on the earth, of the Earth in there since I've like two or three years. I'm not even kidding, I was at university yeah. when I started that book. And I've been out of university for three and a half years. Wow. Yeah. So bad. It makes me so sad every time because I add books to my currently reading and, you know, I go through and I read them or whatever. And then because when... when, just the staple few that sit on there. That that just sit there. I hate it. But I still haven't picked it up to keep reading it, have I? (laughs) I thought you'd finish that. No, I still haven't finished it. And because, like we talked about, um, mo- like how we just mentioned before, well, we were talking about this before, that I'm moving, I've packed it. So, <laughs> like, it's not getting it's, right now. It's packed, yeah. <laughs> I try and set months out of the year where I just spend the whole month reading books that I haven't finished yet, so I'm halfway through. Or That's a really I've good idea. Yeah, so, I mean, I've been reading Frankenstein for a year now and it is a short book and mm. I didn't love it I, I didn't love it as much as I hoped I would but it was still good I still liked it but I yeah. never finished it mm. so that is something I'm going to try and do next month that's a good idea. Um, I, really I, read, want to. I read Frankenstein for like year nine English. Yeah. I don't really remember mm. loving it either, but I, I definitely finished it. And that is, you know, tick, read that one. <laughs> I um, There's two I really want to yeah. read now. I want to read The Prime of Miss Jean Brodie because I want to go to Edinburgh while I'm overseas. Um, but, and I've got that already, mm. but the other one I want to read is Dracula because we saw a really, really awesome adaptation of it which we just raved about like a bunch of episodes ago from shake and stir theater co here in queensland and it just it was so good the books obviously i don't think the book's going to live up to the hype but of of what they created but i think having seen the story i will feel less intimidated because i will understand it i hope Yeah. yeah i think that's a really good idea watching an adaptation or watching a stage play or anything like that before you've read the book mm. I mean I wouldn't I probably wouldn't do it if I was reading my book because I like to have read it but yeah yeah it's different classic, the stories are permeated in popular culture anyway so with Dracula you've heard stuff about 
ones that you've heard it's about a vampire and you know, that's exactly what that's, I said before we went to see it. I was like, all I know is Transylvania and vampire. I want to suck your blood. <laughs> <laughs> like that's all we knew. Yeah, yeah. I know, uh, but I know what you mean about the adaptations because with classics, you know, there are so many, and people go, "Oh, is that the one about this?" And like, we sort of know the general story, but mm. these adaptations, and you know, more modern day adaptations, they bring the stories to new generations and to new people because. So, like, yeah. Clueless is an adaptation oh, of Emma. Emma. Yeah. And Ten oh, Things I Hate About You is an adaptation. Yeah. And you know what? Okay. I was, I'm going to mention this on another podcast as well. So, we might just cut this. But um, I read or listened to on audio a book called Vinegar Girl by mm-hmm. Anne Tyler, I think. And it was an adaptation of Taming of the Shoe. And oh, all nice. I could think about while I was reading it or listening to it was 10 things I hate about you yeah um but I know that that particular um book Vinegar Girl is part of a series that publishers have published and Lucy I feel like I saw you unbox one of these ages ago or something but Hag Seed by Margaret Atwood yeah it's one of the ones and I I think that's The Tempest and they're Mm -hmm. doing modern takes of Shakespeare's like classic works oh cool and it, it made me it makes me want to read them because obviously Shakespeare doesn't feel very accessible and it feels very like high school English to me because like that's what we studied but now that I've read Vinegar Girl I really want to go and read the others because it was so accessible and easy to understand. That's really cool. What Shakespeare did you read in high school? Um, In grade nine we did Romeo and Juliet Mm -hmm. or that could have been grade eight. Um, In grade 11 we did Taming of the Shrew and in grade 12 we did Othello. Okay. See, I did, between English and drama, mm. I did Merchant of Venice, Hamlet, Othello, a little bit of Macbeth, I think, and, and then there's another one that I can't remember. Anyway, but um, have you read much Shakespeare, Lucy? Yeah, so in year seven of school, um, I studied Twelfth Night, but we didn't read it. We just watched an adaptation of it and then mm. did like that, which I suppose it doesn't matter because it's still Shakespeare. Yeah. So yeah. we just sat there. In year nine, we did Romeo and Juliet, where we watched the Buzz Lerman as a Yes, yes. <laughs> and at the time, I hated that. I hated it so much. It was such a weird year because we had six different teachers in the year. Wow. When we were wow. One. So it was... It was a weird year. That's um, bizarre. So we did Romeo and Juliet then. Oh. Both get really bad grades. And uh, I, don't, I just don't know what happened. It was a weird year. Then for GCSE, which was year 10 and 11, mm-hmm. I did much to do about nothing, which is my favourite Shakespeare play. I love it. It's really accessible to modern audiences as well, so it mm. makes for a really good adaptation. Is um, there other modern adaptations of that? I feel I like there are. So. I can't. I think they've recently adapted it, but I don't think it's a modern take on it. I think it's, you know, the original mm, yeah. script or whatever, but I haven't seen it yet. But um, there's a really great one starring Emma Thompson and what's his name? The one that plays in Harry Potter in The Chamber of Secrets, Gilderoy Lockhart. Yeah. Oh. Kenneth Branagh. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, Kenneth Brenner, um, yeah. Caitlin, like, almost single-handedly won our Harry Potter trivia night when we went a few years ago. <laughs> She's great. Yeah, so that's a really good adaptation. I love it. It's, it's just amazing. And then, at the moment, I'm studying Othello, so I'm doing that for the next... I did it last year, and I'm doing it this year again. Yeah, I really like mm-hmm. Othello. And I've also read... I've 
was about the taming of the shrew, but that was just voluntarily. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, I love the taming of the shrew now, and I make mm. reading Vinegar Girl was really good. Like, I really recommend that. And it was good to listen to on audio. Um, and Othello, when we, we had to do, like, a modern take on Othello, we had to do – you could do, like, a traditional one – but um, my friend and I were obsessed with Bones at the time. Oh. So we filmed ours like we were Booth and Bones. Oh, that's and, cool. Yeah, it was, really, it was really fun. When I did Othello, it was actually for Year 11 drama. And um, we watched a, an adaptation. It was a play, like a filming of a play. And they had the original script, but it was set in modern times. So it was these people walking around in hoodies and T-shirts and jeans, speaking in iambic pentameter. <laughs> oh, and it was awesome. But um, for our actual performance, because it was drama, um, I remember I burst out laughing in the middle of our performance because I was playing Othello <laughs> and I had to walk out and say, I, Desdemona. But every time we rehearsed, my best friend would be like, I, Desdemona, and then it made me laugh and I got marked down. <laughs> oh, no. And that's what I took away. That's what I remember most about Othello, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> I just remember us trying to do a really, like, Quentin Tarantino shot of the dead body in the boot, but like from the dead body's perspective, because we didn't have a dead body. So <laughs> we're just like, oh, we're like leaning over the boot of the car, like really like, oh ooh, like pointing to the body and stuff. It's, so, so, it's so weird. And we just had one weekend where we went and filmed it all. And like, we filmed it driving in my friend's car and stuff. Like she lived out of town and like in a country area. So we just like drove along this dirt road, like driving and filming it on her laptop. Wow. <laughs> I know. Oh, okay. Well, that was a bit of a Shakespeare tangent. Anyway, I think something that would be really interesting to hear your perspective on is being so young um, and already having achieved quite a lot and then, you know, working on a manuscript and stuff like that. Do you ever come up against any negative stereotypes from people who are like, oh, you're too young or my favourite, oh, you'll grow out of it? Um, Do you ever get anything like that? Because at 14, everyone's like, no, I'm a, I'm a grown-up. I want to be taken seriously. And then, you know, when you do start to be taken seriously, I mean, God, even we're in our 20s and sometimes I'm like, are you sure I'm an adult? Like, are I you know. sure? <laughs> so Who's letting me out of the country by myself? I like, <laughs> God. Oh. I still ring my mum to ask her how to wash things. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Adulting is hard and you shouldn't be expected to do it before. Cling on to this. Cling on to your teenage years, Lucy. Yeah. I had to grow up really quickly because obviously I started on 12. And so when you have a responsibility of answering emails, talking to people on social media, you can't act like an idiot. Um, So I did have to grow up quite quickly. And so it's not until, uh, you know, the last few years where I've actually felt like a teenager. I, I... I wanted to feel like I was older and it was something I really struggled with 
Um, and even now, I have to try and get my timings right so that I have time to myself because mm. usually it's like I'll be working on my blog, then I'll be working on my YouTube channel, then I'll be reading for my blog and my YouTube channel, then I'll be on social media, then I'll be taking pictures, then yeah, my whole life is consumed by it. So mm. I like to keep some things to myself. Like I like to have parts of my life that I don't share on social media, that I don't talk about because that way... I can feel like they're mine and not everybody else's. Does mm-hmm. that yeah. make sense? No, yeah. it does. And, you know, we've, of course, just told you to hold on to your teenage years, but you are very <laughs> mature for your age and you've been you've done amazing things for how old you are, um, which you definitely should be very proud of. And I hope you are. <laughs> yeah. It is one of those things where I just have moments where I'm like, I've actually done this. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes it doesn't feel like it's, I've done so much because, even now, I think, well, I got that when I was 13. Like, how did I do that? That, mm. I mean, that When I was 14, just about to turn 15, I I was, I was talking at an event in front of 150 people or, or whatever. And I, I just, I don't know how I did it now. Like, looking back, <laughs> it, it's crazy to think I was doing that. I just, yeah, sometimes I can't believe it. And then other times I'm like, I, I just did that. Wow. <laughs> yeah. You will have to remind yourself of that when you're, like, studying at university or whatever you choose to do. Just remind yourself you've already been such a badass. Yeah, you've already done future, stuff. Like, you're yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, and even looking forward to the next year, I do, I'm planning stuff that is just, I think, the most exciting thing I've ever done. I'm not sure if everyone else thinks so, but for me, <laughs> I'm working on projects now for the next year that I just think are going to make my whole life <laughs> I've just been my day, but my whole life. Oh, that's <laughs> well, that so sounds exciting. really exciting. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of those, I'm working on a secret project, but I can't tell you. <laughs> Everyone on the internet does. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, we, we, we did that for We're a completely bit. guilty. We did yeah. that for all of July before. Only because Caitlin made me, I was really ready to tell everyone. No. I can't keep a secret. My marketing hat was on, and I did, I'm happy I was like, with when the way. Can we tell everyone? I'm happy with the way we did it. <laughs> yeah, no, we we did it right, but it was really hard for me to not say anything. <laughs> um, so, Lucy, I think to wrap up, um, it might be cool if you tell us, like, if we've only got a limited number of books to read for the rest of the year, which, let's be honest, being busy people is probably the case. Um, what are a couple of books we have to read this year? And they don't have to have been released this year. Like, you can pick classics. Just tell us what we should be reading. Okay, so, in a way, I think I recommend the YA book because every Love Oz YA fan needs some UK YA life. Yes. Like UK YA in their life too. <laughs> um, so it's an amazing anthology that's come out over here called A Change Is Gonna Come. And it's, I think, about 11 or 12 um, BAME authors and they've written incredible, incredible stories that once you read them you want to read something else by them mm-hmm. um, and the publisher Stripes has been amazing and they found four new um, voices that they've published for the first time and I think it's an amazing thing the marketing campaign is amazing around it, the authors are amazing so I'd highly recommend that I've been seeing that around but oh, can, can you tell people what BAME is because we don't really have that in Australia. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, yes, yeah, so Black, <laughs> Asian, Middle Eastern, um, all those, all minority ethnicity. I mean, I think it changes kind of depending yeah. on who's saying it. Like, yeah, it's just one of those times. Um, 
obviously I'm not the best person to talk about things like that. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, um, but yeah. Us too, we need more diversity though. So that's a really good way if you don't know where to start with diversity. Um, I'm definitely going to be checking that out. It sounds amazing. It sounds really good. if it wasn't a Bronte sister. I know, I'm getting quite a reputation now, I think. <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> no, I, I think there are worse reputations you could have. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, I think we've all got, we've all got to have our own little thing that we're, like, obsessed with. So, My yeah. Harry Potter, Michelle's it's The Beatles. Obviously The Beatles. So, yeah, I'm definitely <laughs> known for that. So, yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's really cool. And I... Like I said before, I just love your passion for that as well. I think the biggest thing with anyone looking to start any kind of blog, booktube, Instagram, whatever, like you just have to do what you're passionate about because, you know, everyone who follows your channel, Lucy, can see that you genuinely love talking about this stuff and I think that just makes it a pleasure to watch. Yeah, I wouldn't hate to talk about something that I didn't want to talk about. I mean, I've done that before. I mean, not recently, but I've done stuff before that I just wasn't passionate about, and it makes it so hard to do, to talk about them, to watch yourself back when you're editing. I mean, I want to make it as enjoyable for myself, so mm. if, if I can talk about what I love, then that makes it so much easier. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Well, um, where can people find you on social media? And so I am else. at Lucy the Reader on now maybe it's changing a little bit yeah maybe yeah. <laughs> yeah everything's changing but it's an exciting change I think. yeah yeah no that's really great excellent 